Hi, and welcome back to another episode of your favorite family podcast, Raising the Revival Generation. Um, and you have a whole list of things that you need to say at this moment. I feel like you give me a lot of responsibility with that. I only do that because I don't remember any of them. <laughs> so this is your time All to right. show how great your memory is. All right. Well, you can check us out on our website at revivalgenerationministries.com. And we have our merch available on oh. that website, which he remembered to wear today. We have more coming in. But this is our Has Anyone Ever Told You shirt? And this is a great shirt uh, to wear out in public because people are going to ask you, has anyone ever told you what? And you'll say, oh, that God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. And boom, you're going right into the soul script right there. Funny thing is, I wore this to my family's get-together. Yes. And no one asked us a single question. No one asked us a single thing. Because I bet you they knew what was it. And and our daughter was wearing a shirt. Well, there we go. I'm starting already. But our daughter was wearing a shirt that said, Jesus loves you. So we got a picture. If you're in our fellowship group, you'll see that picture in there. And it's the, has anyone ever told you shirt? And he's next to Lila, where it says that Jesus loves you. And so with that, we have a great growing community on Facebook that you can join. It's the Raising the Revival Generation Fellowship. You can just look it up under that name and find us there. Additionally, go ahead and follow us on our socials. We are on basically everything. <clears throat> I don't know what we're not on, to be honest with you. And Twitter? We are on Twitter. We oh, don't geez. post on Twitter, but we are there. We're on there essentially if we want to harass like Dr. Rodney or Jonathan, somebody, Jonathan Shuttlesworth, somebody like that. Um, but we are on Twitter. We just don't post because I, I forget that it exists. We are not on threads, though, uh, because threads? Team, team Twitter. Yeah. What's threads? Meta, you know, Facebook came oh. out with their own, like, knockoff he version came out with that already? of Twitter. Yeah. So when Mark Zuckerberg and Elon Musk did the UFC fighting, I'm team Elon yeah. all the way. Although he's, you know, his, he's a little bit questionable, too. Uh, but anyway, that's besides the point. So go ahead and so follow is that, us. So is an Alex Jones, but I like a little that's bit of true. craziness mixed into the Give us the a equation. little bit of a heart or a thumbs up, whatever it is on the platform that you're watching, and a review if you're on one of our podcast platforms, because that greatly helps us and it helps distribute this podcast. And lastly, share it with somebody that you love. If you love them, you should share this podcast, because basically it's the best. So I don't really know what else you want me to say to it. They can give if they wanted. Oh, yes. You can partner with this ministry if you'd like to partner with us. Um, That will be linked below with our cash app on how to do so. And um, partnership basically helps produce this podcast. It is um, something that we are pouring our heart and soul into that we believe that God has called us to do. And so if you want to invest, if you want to partner, if you want to sow, um, we'd love to give you that opportunity to do that and be blessed. And uh, if you want us to take this show on the road. Yeah. Yes. So we are. We are. We've had actually people reach out. Expanding. Yes, we are expanding, raising the revival generation or revival generation ministries, and uh, so it's not just a podcast; it's also a speaking ministry, and of course, we have some other incredible things in the works um, that we are working on and coming out with. So yeah, that's that's basically it. Yeah, and so like for us, we were we just we always record after we do our youth ministry. Yeah, but our youth ministry is an extension of this ministry too. That's right, is that, and that's what I was getting at. Is that like we we are we have been invested in this for a long time, preaching to the next generation. Yeah. But what really hits home, and we kind of talked about this last episode, um, 
is is family, right? Is that is that we minister to other people's kids, but we all, but the what God desires for us to do as parents is to minister to our own kids yeah. too. So and it's great when pastors and leaders and whoever can walk alongside and yes. come alongside of that. Um, you know, we have incredible senior leadership at our church that are invested into our children, and, and we are grateful for that and we love that. Um, but we also believe that as parents, we've been called yes. to shepherd our yeah. children. That's our that's our calling with our children. It's our responsibility. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And so, like, as as we spent, like, I mean, I always say 15 years, but I know it's longer than 15 we're about years. 17 years. We've then. we've got a lot of insight. Yeah. We've seen a lot. We've seen a lot of cultural changes, and we've seen how it impacts sure. kids that aren't our own. We've seen how family life situations hurt kids, and 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 it. It, we've seen a lot of stuff, and God has really opened our eyes to to how to how ministry to family matters. Yeah, ministry to the family matters, and if you're part of a family, your position, in, especially as a parent, it matters to the ministry of your kids. Like you have a great deal of real estate to their heart, right? Yeah. And so, our our prayer and our and what we're hoping for and and what the vision of this is that you would have revival in your own heart mm -hmm. that god would start speaking to you and god would start doing things in your life maybe that's why you've tuned into this you you're right. sitting there and you're like well I've, I've searched and i want i want my kids i don't want my kids to grow up like the world i don't want them to go down these roads i i need something to happen in my marriage i need something to happen in in, in my life i need something to happen spiritually i need i need something there and maybe you've tuned into this that's the whole point of this podcast is that you're not too far gone right. you're not too far down that road where god can't meet you and change everything and it begins with you and your heart yeah so whoever you are listening to this whether you're whether you're the parents of a hundred kids or, or or you're single or you're the, the the refuge student that tunes in and tells us every week that you've been listening to our podcast because you're preparing for your future you're not going to have a marriage like the world um, then there's something for you and it begins with with your personal relationship with God that's right and you shared a verse with me before we started can you read it I sure can I just have to open it up so I'm in Romans right now and it really stuck out to me and it said it is a change of heart produced by the spirit a person with a changed heart receives praise from God not from people um, and it also had instead of receives you could interchange it with like seeks praise from yeah. God um, instead of people and I don't know it was just such a good reminder to me that and that that's kind of been a common thread in my life recently that it's not about man's thoughts it's, it's about God's thoughts it's about being obedient to him and a changed heart in the spirit yeah. right because we can't have a changed heart without the spirit yeah that's we've tried that can you read it one more time sure sorry someone was calling me it was actually my sister oh so I just told her I would call her back but I want to hear it again because you sorry go because you weren't focused the first time no it is a change of heart produced by the Spirit. Amen. A person with a changed heart receives or seeks praise from God, not from people. And that's Romans 2.29. Romans 2.29. I've read Romans so much. And when I get to chapter 2, I, I just I hang out on the you who judge, how dare you judge. But that actually... This is right, actually the... Uh, yeah. But that right there, like, it's the it's Spirit kinda, that... Because it, it happens in your life. Right. Right. It's the it's that yielding to the spirit and you and, and then God will begin to do those things in your life. And right. a changed heart produces. Well, and, and what's interesting is that it, it must be the original word. But at first it said seeks from God like you seek it from God. 
Romans the 2, approval. what again? One more time. 29. 29. There we go. I'm going to open it up so I can a read it. A person with a changed heart receives praise from God or seeks praise from God. And and I think like that's, and, it, and it's true. Like when you're flowing in God's spirit, when God's spirit has changed your heart, your everything changes, right? You don't want the world's approval. You don't want people's approval. You only want, want God. You only want the praise from him or, or yeah. It's a, it's a, yeah, it, no, yeah, and mine is just a, a lot different, but it's not different as in the meeting. It's just different in the words that it uses. Cause mine's the, NLT because I like. Yeah, like so book. they don't say they don't say change. They say circumcised. <laughs> so that's the, I was like, oh, okay. Well, there we go. Yeah, but 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 it's talking about that. Yes, it's saying that you're not you're not just a Jew on the outside right. is what it says here, yeah. but you're one inwardly. There's an right. inward transformation that takes place. And it's the, it's the removal of the things that don't need to be there. That's the change that, that the NLT puts it. Mine says circumcision of the heart. It's the cutting of away right. of the things that, that shouldn't be there so that you can have a changed life. And now it's by the Spirit. That's what it says. By the Spirit and not by the letter of the law. Meaning it's not by how well you obey a religious system. It's not, it's not anything you do, but it's by the Spirit of God at work in your life. Right. There we go. See, I use this version especially when I'm teaching in our children's ministry because then I don't get questions on what circumcision is. Yeah, and we've had that a lot in our family devotions. Recently. Hey, what does that mean? It's because we're in Samuel, so. Everybody gets circumcised. Well, yeah. <laughs> David had to bring 100 foreskins from the Philistines to Saul yeah. to marry um, uh, Michael or whatever, and he ends up bringing 200, and they're like, what's a foreskin? <laughs> like, you don't need to worry. And so we had to go through that whole thing. But anyways, yeah. So what we're, what we're talking about is the change that God wants to do in us. Mm -hmm. because, and we spoke, I spoke about this last night with the youth too. Is that the, thing that the things that God does in our life, they aren't just for us. Right. right? And we, we, we think of like the story of the woman at the well, which is what God laid on my heart before this. And how Jesus meets her. And he goes through this whole story, and he say, or this whole interaction. He says he, he starts with him saying, "Give me a drink," and she's like, "How is it that you, a Jew, would drink anything from me, a Samaritan? We don't get along. I'm un, I'm unworthy to serve you a drink, pretty much, according to the Jewish Jews. How Jews viewed the Samaritans? Right. There's this big wedge in between us, and you can't touch things that are unclean. Right. And I'm unclean. And little did we know at that point of the story how truly unclean okay. she was, and right. Jesus knew. Right, when you've got the lowest people and the lowest of the lowest people, you know, it's similar to Gideon, right? Yeah. The least of the least. Yeah, and, and then the person who's always in those situations say, are you, are you sure you got the right person? Because yeah. I'm like the least of the least. Right. But, but when Jesus meets her, he goes through that whole interaction, and then he, he says to her, he says, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that stands before you, he says, you'd ask me and I would give. Mm. Now, a lot of times we end the story of the woman at the well, this broken woman who's, who's an outcast from society because she's by herself. She has five guys in her life and the one she's with now is not her husband. Now, whether that's because she's been promiscuous and kind of passing around or every guy just abandons her and she has a really broken or life dies. or dies, um, we don't know the whole story. Right. But we know that much. Right. But the thing that Jesus does at the end is that he transforms her life. He says, right. in you I will put streams of living water that will bubble up. And then what ends up happening in her life is that she doesn't just get the streams of living water and just sit there. Right. It That's says right. that she goes back to the whole village. Yeah. And she tells him, she says, come meet Jesus. Come meet this man who told me everything. Well, and he she told goes me to everything. the people who outcasted her to, yes. begin, to begin with, right? It's not like she like left on a missionary's journey and yeah. went somewhere else. She didn't go she too far. She went back to her hometown yep. where everybody, kn they knew who she was. That's yeah. why she was hiding out in the 
hot, hottest part of the day. Yeah. And well, so the, the point goes back to what you said is that, um, is that when God transforms our heart, right, it's not just for us. As parents, as right. God's working in our life, we don't segregate off the rest of our family right. what I'm, is kind of the gist of what yeah. I'm getting at. Is that when God starts doing things in our life, like you said, revival, you said this last episode, it has to begin with you. It was supposed to be the name of the last episode. Yeah. And then I forgot it. My last episode went off the rails once Pastor Sam called, and it just like from there we didn't know what we were doing. We just talked. Yeah. So but uh but but that idea that that God transformed her life. She wasn't too far gone. Right. Um she wasn't too far broken. She wasn't just a lost cause. In fact, Jesus wasn't even really, he wasn't really interested in her, in the life that she had lived up until the encounter with Jesus. Mm-hmm. He, was, he was there to meet her. In right. fact, in the Bible, it says he had to go through Samaria. Hmm. And then you can get into the whole cultural and historical background about how the Jews would actually go around Samaria because they didn't want any contact with the Samaritans because they hated them. Not from people. And that's Romans 2.29. Romans 2.29. I read Romans so much. And when I get to chapter two, I, I just I hang out on the you who judge, how dare you judge? But that actually this is right, actually the yeah. But that right there, like it's the Can spirit I, that because it, it happens in your life, right? Right. It's the it's that yielding to the spirit, and you and, and then God will begin to do those things in your life, and right. a changed heart produces. Well, and it, and what's interesting is that it it must be the original word, but at first it said seeks from God, like you seek it from God. Romans the 2, what again? One more time. 29. 29. There we go. I'm going to open it up so I can a read it. A person with a changed heart receives praise from God or seeks praise from God. And and I think like that's, and, it, and it's true. Like when you're flowing in God's spirit, when God's spirit has changed your heart, your everything changes, right? You don't want the world's approval. You don't want people's approval. You only want, want God. You only want the praise from him or, or yeah. It's a, it's a, yeah, it, no, yeah, and mine is just a, a lot different, but it's not different as in the meeting. It's just different in the words that it uses. Cause mine's the, NLT because I like. Yeah, like so they don't say they don't say change. They say circumcised. <laughs> so that's the, I was like, oh, okay. Well, there we go. Yeah, but 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 it's talking about that. Yes, yeah, it's, it's saying that you're not you're not just a Jew on the outside right. is what it says here, yeah. but you're one inwardly. There's an right. inward transformation that takes place. And it's the, it's the removal of the things that don't need to be there. That's the change that, that the NLT puts it. Mine says circumcision of the heart. It's the cutting of the way right. of the things there that shouldn't be there so that you can have a changed life. And now it's by the Spirit. That's what it says. By the Spirit and not by the letter of the law. Meaning it's not by how well you obey a religious system. It's not, it's not anything you do, but it's by the Spirit of God at work in your life. Right. There we go. See, I use this version especially when I'm teaching in our children's ministry because then I don't get questions on what circumcision is. Yeah, and we've had that a lot in our family devotions. Recently. Hey, what does that mean? It's because we're in Samuel, so. Everybody gets cir- Well, yeah. <laughs> David had to bring 100 foreskins from the Philistines to Saul yeah. to marry um, uh, Michael or whatever, and he ends up bringing 200, and they're like, what's a foreskin? <laughs> like, you don't need to worry. And so we had to go through that whole thing. But anyways, yeah. So what we're, what we're talking about is the change that God wants to do in us. Mm-hmm. Because, and we spoke, I spoke about this last night with the youth too. Is that the, thing that the things that God does in our life, they aren't just for us. Right. Right. And we, we, we think of like the story of the woman at the well, which is what God laid on my heart before this. And how Jesus meets her. 
and he goes through this whole story and he said or this whole interaction he says he, he starts with him saying give me a drink and she's like how is it that you a jew would drink anything from me a samaritan we don't get along i'm un, i'm unworthy to serve you a drink pretty much according to the jewish jews how jews viewed the samaritans right. there's this big wedge in between us and you can't touch things that are unclean right and i'm unclean and little did we know at that point in the story how truly unclean okay. she was and right. jesus knew right when you've got the lowest people and the lowest of the lowest people you know it's similar to gideon right yeah. the least of the least yeah and, and then the person who's always in those situations say are you are you sure you got the right person because yeah. i'm like the least of the least right but but when jesus meets her he goes through that whole interaction and then he, he says to her, he says, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that stands before you, he says, you'd ask me and I would give. Mm. Now, a lot of times we end the story of the woman at the well, this broken woman who's, who's an outcast from society because she's by herself. She has five guys in her life and the one she's with now is not her husband. Now, whether that's because she's been promiscuous and kind of passing around or every guy just abandons her and she has a really broken or life dies. or dies, um, we don't know the whole story. Right. But we know that much. Right. But the thing that Jesus does at the end is that he transforms her life. He says, right. in you I will put streams of living water that will bubble up. And then what ends up happening in her life is that she doesn't just get the streams of living water and just sit there. Right. It That's says that right. she goes back to the whole village. Yeah. And she tells him, she says, come meet Jesus. Come meet this man who told me everything. Well, and he she told goes me to everything. the people who outcasted her to, yes. begin, to begin with, right? It's not like she like left on a missionary's journey and yeah. went somewhere else. She didn't go she too far. She went back to her hometown yep. where everybody, kn they knew who she was. That's yeah. why she was hiding out in the hot, hottest part of the day. Yeah. And well, so the, the point goes back to what you said is that, um, is that when God transforms our heart, Right? It's not just for us. As parents, as right. God's working in our life, we don't segregate off the rest of our families. Right. What I'm, is kind of the gist of what yeah. I'm getting at is that when God starts doing things in our life, like you said, revival, you said this last episode, it has to begin with you. It was supposed to be the name of the last episode. Yeah. And then I forgot it. Well, last episode went off the rails once Pastor Sam called, and it just like from there we didn't know what Spread we were doing. Rumors. We just talked. Yeah. So, but, uh, but, but that idea that, that God transformed her life. She wasn't too far gone. Right. Um, she wasn't too far broken. She wasn't just a lost cause. In fact, Jesus wasn't even really, he wasn't really interested in her, in the life that she had lived up until the encounter with Jesus. Mm -hmm. he, was, he was there to meet her. In right. fact, in the Bible it says he had to go through Samaria. Hmm. And then you can get into the whole cultural and historical background about how the Jews would actually go around Samaria because they didn't want any contact with the Samaritans because they hated them. They despised them and that's why the Samaritans had right, to worship in a different what, place. They would add, days to their journey Yes, or something yeah, like just that, to avoid them. <laughs> Can you imagine that with all the kids that you have? Like, you know, we're taking a three days just to skip Pennsylvania because we hate that place so much. Not, no. Now, that's just figured it. I'm just using that as an analogy. I mean. Like, we just don't like it so much. We're going to take three-day trip to go up and around. Well, you think about that, like, with our kids. Like, we have kids that would, like, they would, like, walk around the house instead of through the house to avoid, like, seeing a sibling. Or, no, I'm just kidding. They our would, kids do that? No. Oh. Our kids would walk through and. Our kids would walk through the house and. Throw something start, Yeah, them. start instigating. <laughs> but, yeah, can you imagine? But, I mean, we've all, I guess. If you think about it, we've all have had people or situations that we want to avoid. So we're like, no, I'm not going to go there. I'm going to go around or... Yeah. I so, mean, it happens. So, yeah. So you take all that hostility and then Jesus shows up, right? And he's not even... He's like, I know your sin. 
That's well, the other he shows thing. up and then he says, I have to go to Samaria. Yeah, he says, I have to go through Samaria. His disciples leave him. He's sitting there with this woman. And, he's, and he, says, he says, and she tries to get him caught in this religious talk. Like, you Jews tell us we have to go worship here, but we worship here. Right, she tried, she tried to trap him. As in, in, that sounds wrong when you think about the context. I don't think she's trying. I don't know. I mean, like, I think, like, in, in the conversation. Because we get caught up in those conversations sometimes. Oh, yeah. People, right? So, like, it, you know, it, it's kind of like you when you... You don't have to go far to look up those religious conversations. No, right. You go start talking with somebody and they, they you know, they start talking about, like, uh, you know, all the... I don't know. I can't think of any examples. You I have a headache. Just go on YouTube and you can Google anybody who's willing to talk about anybody who they don't agree with about the Bible. Hi, we've got somebody on, like, on Twitter who uh, doesn't like our friend Ankit. Yeah. Yeah. So, we saw that. And then, but, uh, you but, a, so you don't have to go far to get like religious hostility. Right. But Jesus wasn't there to even correct that bad theology. Right. He, say, he says. Maybe that should be a lesson he says, for us. He says those who worship are going to worship me in spirit and in truth. Like it's not about the location. But, um, but needless to say, the story goes on, and he, he, he reveals himself, his glory to her. He, 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 and then she goes back, and she shares what God has done in her life mm. with those in that community. Whether they were friends, family, or foes, it didn't matter because what God had done was overflown because there was a change of heart that happened through the Spirit. Right. And, that, and that, that because of that, the whole town yeah. comes to him. She becomes an evangelist. Right. In that moment, God transforms her life, and she can't keep the work of God right. uh, down. She can't right. keep quiet about it. It's and an overflow. And we were talking about that, too, about how, like, like, revival begins with us. If we want change in our lives, if we want change in our marriages, if we want change in our— and I'm talking about good change, not just, like, divorce change. I'm talking about godly change, the things we, we want, the things of God. Then where does it begin? Right. And so often we see, you know, uh, when, when the Asbury revival was big, right, you'd see comments like, oh, do it again, or come here, Lord, or, you know, but then you'd have people who, who wouldn't even go to church that Sunday morning. Yeah. Or, you know, who, when was the last time they picked up their Bible? Or, I mean, I think a lot of people read their Bible out of, like, routine, but, like, I mean, like, really, like, read their Bible, or, like, really press in the prayer, or really press into what God has, you know? And, and it's, it's a reminder that if these are the things that we want, it's, it does. It starts with each individual person, each member of the body. Yeah. It's, well, I, that was the other part of the story, too, is, is the woman with the jar. Yeah. Right? When, when she came and she broke the jar of, of expensive perfume. Everything. Yeah. And, and that's a whole year's salary. Right. And what ends up happening as you read that story is that she said, Jesus, I worked this whole year to get this and obtain this, and you are worth it all. Right. And he didn't, she dumped it on, like... Well, you think, too, when she used her, her hair and when Scripture talks about, you know, a woman is... Uh, a woman. A hair is a woman's glory, right? You know, and so she's using probably the most... What is considered the most beautiful part of her, right? And this expensive oil. We've got nard actually downstairs. Spike nard is what it's called. I think it's in here, actually. And, um, is it? Yep. And, and, you know, which I'm under the impression is actually a burial oil or perfume Could or be. something of that nature and so she's she's anointing him and preparing him and the fragrance you know fills the room and i was when we were in worship yesterday uh with the kids i that just came just it just came to me and and i read to the i went to the scripture and as they're as she's anointing him that fragrance she's giving him basically everything of value that she has yeah 
everything of value that she possibly can give to him. And I was thinking about it with our teenagers, right? You know, our teenagers, they don't have anything of value. You know, they might have an iPod or an iPhone. Pokemon cards. Pokemon cards, something like that. There's nothing really valuable that teenagers can give to Jesus, can sow to Jesus, right? Um, but what's the most valuable piece that they have that God wants? And that's their hearts. And that's their, and, and just, just being in their, pre, you know, just coming into his presence, mm. right? And then the other aspect of that is that Jesus responds. He responds yeah. when we, when we pour it out to him, he, he'll fill the room. He'll respond to it. Yeah. Well, that, well, like that's because I was upstairs this morning doing, just playing my guitar and singing some songs. And I started singing a certain song and that, that story came back to me. And the worth that she had of, of who Jesus was. She um, got it. I mean, she got it because mm-hmm. she was willing to go into this house. And now one gospel says it was a Pharisee's house. And the Pharisee said in his heart, if, if you knew who this woman was, you wouldn't allow her to touch you. Yeah. And Jesus responds uh, to okay. his thoughts. He didn't, he didn't say it. And then in another gospel, it's it's the Pharisee, it's the disciples who are saying that could have fed people for, for a year. The poor, we could have fed the poor with that money. And and those who have a religious spirit always have a problem with with authentic worship and authentic love. But um, right, because you think about that when you go back to David with actually the wife that you brought up earlier with yeah. Ma- with Michael and Raquel, whatever Michelle, however you pronounce it. Michelle. Right, she was offended by his <laughs> I worship. I like dodgeball when you said that. <laughs> and you, and you think about that, you you see that that religious spirit whenever there's authentic worship, which is why oh they get mad, you know, and you see it especially towards those who of us who are spirit filled yeah. versus those who are not spirit filled because sometimes it's just a little bit too rambunctious or a little bit too radical but i'm not sure i've ever heard jesus go oh you're worshiping me too much <laughs> you know I, I i don't really think that that happens and yeah and <laughs> well with that one he said he said he said her 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 amount of giving and worship is directly correlated with how much she holds forgiveness right because he says to her and this is true this should be true for all of us but he says to her he said he said um well he says to the pharisee because the Pharisee says in, in his heart, he's like, if he knew who this woman was and the life she lives, he wouldn't let her touch him. Right. But Jesus says, says, those who are forgiven much love much. Right. The worship that she had was because she knew the weight and the price that Jesus was going to pay. She knew that the, we should have that weight in our life too. We should know the price that Jesus paid, right. the blood of Jesus, the precious blood of Jesus in our life. And our response should be like, Jesus, it doesn't matter if it's a year's salary. I'm going to lay it all down and I'm going to do this for you because I love you so much and you are worth it all. Well, and oh, go. sorry, in it, in it, I mean, it already, the text says that it specifies that like Lazarus was there. Lazarus who had died was there, who's her brother. And so you think about like how that God, Jesus had already done the impossible Mm. and there was already an intimacy in a relationship. And, you know, it's hard when you talk about Mary and talk about Jesus and intimacy because people go a little bit crazy. We're not not talking about uh, a romantic intimacy, but but on a friendship level. I mean, um, Mary, she she moved, she moved Jesus's heart when Lazarus was dead. She moved his heart when she crumbled at his feet and began to uh, weep. You know, so, but in the text, it specifies that he, Lazarus was there, right? And so Jesus had already given her everything, the you know, person back to her who was so meaningful, right? So what, what, what can you give to the person who literally raised your brother from the dead? Yeah. Nothing except for everything, yeah. everything that you have, you know, 
when you see the in, impactfulness of no, it. No, that um, well, I'm I'm referring to the Luke, uh, the Luke one. I don't know which one you're in. Well, what I read was in John. John. It's, it's so, okay, yeah, John. There's different accounts. Well, they're unsure if it's too... It's, there's not controversy, but there's not necessarily clarity on who they are. Yeah. If that if both are married... Two separate events are the same event. Right. Mary Magdalene, yeah. Mary, Mary so, Martha, and, and you know, but, we're, we're unclear. So, either way, like, you have that one who, who Jesus restores that relationship. The one I'm looking at is the woman who was... <laughs> in Luke. Now we've confused everyone. Yeah, this is the one that I read. Well, I was talking about last night. Yeah, I, I was in <laughs> I was in Luke when I was preaching, but but the fact that then he goes on to say her story will always whenever the gospel is presented, right. her story is going to go with it. Right. Wherever the gospel is preached, they're going to remember this story because it's in, it's it shows the the picture of our response to the weight of the gospel in our life. Yeah, and the weight of, and and some, and uh, I mean, as a worship leader, because I do worship leading too, um, that mm-hmm. it it sometimes when I'm when I, and this is true confessions of a worship leader. Here we go. When I'm leading worship and worship I, pastor, a worship pastor, yes, and and I'm and I'm feeling the presence of God, and and I'm feeling, I mean, I think about these things. Like when I start thinking about worthy, I think about like like. The sacrifice. I think about the price. I think about where Jesus is sitting. I think about the things He did in my life. I think about how He broke chains of addiction. I think about forgiveness. I think of all these things, and I have no other response than to be like that woman and just lay right. it all down and say, "You are worthy of everything." Right. Where would I be without you? And then I look out and I see people like this with their arms <laughs> crossed. I'm like, "Don't you know who Jesus is? Right. Don't you know what He's done?" Right. That A.W. Tozer says it the best. He says, "If if I were to." If I would have a million millennia to pay back Jesus for what he's done, he, I, he said I would never be able to because he's put me so far in debt right. because of his grace and because of the blood of, the, of Jesus on the cross that I could never pay him back forever. Well, and, th- and that was really where I was trying to get to last night. It was such a sweet and beautiful worship in our, in our youth ministry as you know, our, our daughters were were leading us into it and and jesus was there i mean his presence was so quick to respond it was so quickly there and and then you know i'm in worship i look out and yeah you see the kids are like poking each other you know whatever and that's that's when i came up and i was like you know like he he's here he wants to respond to you he wants that time with you he wants you know and it's you got you just gotta you gotta get there what do you give to like the God who binds your broken heart, who heals your diseases, right. who does all, who sent Jesus right. Christ? What's fit for a king? Like what is fit for him? Right. But it all comes down to a, a sense of worth and value. Right. So like the lady, the woman at the well, like we were just talking about, the worth of Jesus went skyrocketing when she encountered him, yeah. and he and he forgave her and he healed her of, of right. whatever things she was carrying to the point where she had to go tell everybody. Everybody. This is so great. This is so glorious. Right. This is so amazing. You got to come meet Jesus Christ. Right. I mean, uh, was it Philip who did that with Nathan? Yes. He said, uh, it, or whatever. And he's like, can anything good come out of Nazareth? He's like, come and see for yourself. Come and see for yourself. And he does. And Jesus says, I saw you while you were underneath the tree. And he's like, oh, and then he worships him. <laughs> but, but when Jesus touches your life and he transforms your heart, like that passage says, when the spirit does those things, it, it causes a radical shift in who you are. And, but it doesn't stay with you. Right. So revival begins with your heart. So, so what does it take to raise kids who are godly and who love the Holy Spirit and who, who operate in the gifts of the spirit is to be that yourself. 
you cannot take people where you cannot where right. you don't go. And if you're in a marriage that where one of you like you can't give your spouse what you don't have. Right. It has and you can't give your kids what you don't have. You can't give anybody what you don't have. And you can't bypass those things either. So we yeah. can't you can't bypass revival in your heart and then go to revival in your church or in your community. And just like you can't bypass the revival in your marriage, right? Because there's an order, there's a system to things and then revival in your home right? Having your home in order, having a, your whole house, loving Jesus, and then revival in your community and your church and your nation and, and so on and so on. Yeah. It, so essentially when we, when, when we titled this Raising the Revival Generation, it's you listening right now that we're talking about. Right. That's right. It's starting little fires there that spread to the family, that spread to the, to the marriage, that spread to the kids. Right. If you're a grandparent, it begins with, it begins with you. It, it, it begins with who's ever listening to this podcast right now, allowing God's spirit to transform the heart. Yeah. And then, see, then letting that overflow because, like I said, the woman at the well couldn't keep it to herself. Right. And everywhere the gospels preached, the woman who, who, who anointed Jesus' feet with, with, the, with the nard and with her hair, that gospel, whenever that's preached, that message goes with it because it's part of it. It's intertwined. Our lives become intertwined with the spirit and with the gospel. Right. And then we can't help but, over, but have it overflow. That's what happened in our story. God yeah. started revealing things and transforming our lives. And then we had a revival. God was removing the things through the fires of revival that didn't belong there to bring purity. Right. Purity of marriage, purity of, of thoughts, purity of, of, of relationship, purity of everything in, in that. He was burning away those things that didn't belong there. And because of that, it overflowed to our kids. Right. Right? We're, we're, because of what God has done in our lives, we're way better parents than we were six yeah. years ago. Right, right. So the, well, and I would say six years ago, we were raising children to leave the church. We but were, we didn't know. And we didn't know. We thought we were doing what was right. And we used to have conversations about that. Like, why are so many people, young people leaving the church? Why do so many pastor's kids leave the church? Why, why do pastor's kids have the worst reputation? Like, what is that? Like, you know, you know parents are love their children and bring the church and do the right thing. But for us, what we didn't recognize is that, A, we were trying to do it all on our own. Yeah. And B, we weren't, our hearts weren't where they needed to be in order to minister to our children. Because that's the other thing, too, is that, is that you don't, you don't, like, it's not like something that you just go to a low, now we told you guys in the beginning, we said go to locations where God's moving. Well, we told that with, for a purpose. Yeah, because you're going to get a taste of it. Yes. And then it's going to spark something in your life. I'm not saying, now we're not saying go to every other location because you can't harvest or you can't have the, no, no, no. You can't have the fruitful. That's not what we're saying. No. I, say, I, I, go to where Jesus is, receive and bring it home. And bring it home, and exactly. let it keep coming. And what you'll find is home is far more than those, those one-time yeah. experiences. When you're living and walking in it daily, right, you then begin to recognize that going to those places where where there's movement and there's things happening, those are just like little cherries on top, right? Well, they're not they're not the s sustainable, nutritious meal. Because that's that's the whole point, right? Right. Where there's no fire, guess what? You bring the fire. Right. Where there's no fire, you bring the fire because you have the fire of the Holy Ghost inside of you. Like that song, I've got the f fire. What? You, no. You, okay. You know the song I'm talking about, yeah. though? The one you've been listening to? I've got the Holy, Holy Ghost. Yeah, that's our it. kids sing it. Yeah, we, our kids sing it all the time. But, you, but whenever you go to those places, inside. you bring it with you. Right. You're not looking for an anointing. The anointing's upon you, as it says in First John. You don't need any. You have the Spirit inside of you, and He's leading you and He's guiding you because He transformed your heart. Right. And so now those things that you do, I don't have to. I don't have the the, the Spirit's here. 
Right. It's here right now. Amen. So when if I go downstairs and I'm sitting with my kids, I don't have to get into some deep meditative state to try to access the spirit of God. Right. No, the spirit is inside of me. The spirit Even is testifying with my it. spirit that I'm the yeah exactly that and that's something another might, song. that's another thing that you might have to say that I I pray this all the time so I pray thank you God that your spirit is testifying with my spirit that mm. I am a child of God Amen. and you say those things you you, you proclaim speak them it. you yeah. speak it because out of the that's abundance of the like heart of the mouth speaks you confess what you believe that's right Amen well if you want to get into word of faith. Um, I was listening to, uh, to, to a preacher who, who is very insightful and very impactful to me, and he was talking about faith for healing. Mm. And oftentimes what ends up happening in our, in our faith is that we want instantaneous healing like that, yep. which can happen. Right. It can happen. But then there's those testimonies in, in the gospel. The first, the first miracle Jesus did when he healed that, that man's child in, in, in Gospel of John, after he turned the water into wine, and he sends him on his way, it says that his son began to get he- get healing that very hour. At that moment, that Jesus he, that that thing started turning around. Faith, yeah. But but it was a progression yeah. of faith that that got him better. Like so many times when we come, like even the man when he had the when he put the mud on his eye and he says, "What do you see?" He says, "I see things. I see people that look like trees." Like there's progressive healing, but it's the faith that's at the access point to healing. That's right. that's the point. Yeah, is faith is when you pray the prayer of faith at the beginning. That's when it starts. So if you have cancer, right, and someone prays the prayer of faith over you, right, that's the moment where faith is activated. But sustain that faith. Okay, so I have a question. What? Okay. Did I just cut off your flow? Yeah, I was going to say sustain that faith until the healing happens. There's a thing called remission. Right. Each stage, like once the faith is activated, don't lose it and say, well, he prayed for me. And then I went and back to the doctor and they said, well, you still got it, but it's not as bad. So I'm right. just gonna, like, no, you keep, keep going. the faith. Keep going. Faith right. is perseverance. Faith right. is um, that's what it says in James. I was reading James today. Faith, uh, consider it pure joy when you encounter many trials because trials produce endurance. But the reason why you have trials and you have faith is because there's there's a there's um, there's you're expecting something. It's not like you just go through trials just because, but you're, you, you have your faith on the line. Right. It's, like, um, it's like Hebrews chapter 11. They all had their faith on the, li- right. faith it's not on the line. trials for the sake of trials. But the, I wrote this down in my Bible. I'm going to read it real fast. Then ask me your question because I don't want you to forget it. All right. It says, it says, the testing of your faith produces endurance. See, now the endurance, with this, with this endurance, right, there is an expectation and an outcome to faith. There's an expectation. There's an expectation that God's going to deliver me because he says that many are the afflictions of the righteous. I'm experiencing that. But it's producing endurance because I know at the outcome is that the Lord delivers them from all of them. So there's a faith that that, that has an expectation of outcome with it. It's not just like, oh, I got to consider this joy because I'm going through trials. Because, no, you're believing something. Well, and one thing that we always teach the kids is that one, God is faithful to his word. And then the second thing, and it's one thing that we reiterate over and over again in our children's ministry, is that if God says it, he's going to do it. Yes. So if God says that by his stripes we are healed, that means he is going to heal. That's it. Yeah, and there's nothing in between. There's no doubt of it. Well, And that's the funny thing, too, because James goes on to say that. Right, exactly. James says a double man. He says this. He says the person should not expect anything. He says without, uh, he says, but let him ask with faith. Uh, ask. Hang on. Sorry. It says, let him ask in faith without doubting, like you were saying. For the doubter is like a, the surging sea driven and tossed by the wind. The person should not expect 
to receive anything from the Lord, being a double-minded man and unstable in all his ways. Now, Hebrew chapter 11 right. says that faith is assurance. And that, and that's if you're double-minded, you have no assurance. That we keep trying to teach the kids, that, that I want it to be so practical to, to them, so just second nature to them, yes. that like, well, God said it, so he's going to do that, where there's no level of doubt, there's no anything, and that they'll have the testimonies that we teach them, the, the gospel stories that we teach them, the biblical stories that we teach them, and yes. that they'll know, so then when they're 26 years old and they say that their baby is going to die, they can say no, because God has promised me life, and my baby's going to live a long life, and it's not even going to be a doubt, right? Yeah. And those are the things that we, that, and, that, and that's what it is. That's raising the revival generation. That's declaring the his praises to the next generation so that way it's a little bit easier for them to have faith and they can walk a little bit They've further than where we walk and where they can see and they can reach back into the memories yeah. of the yep. the things that they've heard and that they've been taught and that's why it's cool to take them to those events too right because they see other people's faith and they see the fruit of it right so our, our children have they they know that somebody very close to us had a, a tumor in their eye, eye or brain tumor, right? They know that. And they also know that God healed her. Yep. And that she's completely so healed. The healing, the healing of the tumor was instantaneous. Instant. But the faith was that her eyesight was going to get better. Like she still had faith. And the result was that her eyesight got better yeah, she, and better. Four or five pairs of glasses now to reducing, the, yeah. reducing her prescription, right? Yeah. And so, and, and that's incredible. And so that's something that our nine-year-old for the rest of his life is going to know. So next time he can encounter somebody with a brain tumor, he can go, ah, I know well how I know who can take care of that yeah. because I've seen it happen right before my eyes, right? Yeah. And no. so, are you ready for my question? Yes. Okay. So, and this question was posed to me, and I wasn't quite—I didn't quite know how to answer, right? Oh boy. So when, <laughs> when we're talking about faith, and we're talking about situations for healing, or uh, say like healing of families, like emotional healing and that nature, right? Does it have to be? your own faith or can it be somebody else's faith so if we have a family member who doesn't know jesus who doesn't have faith for healing right can it be our faith alone that then we see that healing well I, I would refer back to when jesus is in the house and they lower the man yes on the stretcher and jesus says the, this faith, is the example he says I gave their too. faith right their faith but but would you say that there has to be a willingness of the individual because so this gets me into something else I was reading today that I put down with the act, with faith being activated is that James doesn't just tell you to consider it pure joy when you go through many trials because you're producing because it's producing endurance and then he says when you ask ask in faith and God will give but if you doubt then you won't receive but then he goes on to make this point he says and be doers of the word hmm. so I think that's the key part hmm. it's not just like we don't we, God's not some genie in a bottle right right saying oh. Like, give me this. Like, give me this. Give me this. Three magic wishes. This isn't Aladdin. Right. Um, but, but the idea is that we walk in obedience to his word. So that's where you get into behavior modification. And so often I see uh, homeschool parents or Christian parents, and they want like a Bible study or a devotional to simply help their children's behavior rather than getting to the heart. And so, again, the Bible isn't a tool for behavior modification. It's not to make your kids less annoying or drive you less crazy or get your kids to listen better. That's not why we teach scripture to our children, right? And, and at the end of the day, the first thing, first things first is their hearts mm. and getting their hearts to Jesus and having them fall passionately in love with Jesus. And out of that and being filled with the Holy Spirit, you'll see those behavior things begin to shift on their own, on their own, truly. I mean, as parents, we're guiding and we're shepherding and we're training and we're teaching, right? But if Jesus has their heart, 
things begin to change. Yeah. And if things are changing without Jesus having their heart, then that's not, you're missing it. I mean, that's really what it comes down to is that you're missing it. And that, and that, that's not just in kids. That's also in your heart, like our right. hearts, like the, right. how, how do we, it's by, it's by walking according to the spirit and allowing the spirit to lead us into guys and remove the things that we are stubborn to allow them to remove. So oftentimes we try to justify certain right. attitudes, certain certain actions. actions, the way we respond to certain things, and we try to justify it, but that's not the spirit at work in us. Right. In fact, in that same passage in James that we were just looking at, it says, don't do anything out of human anger because that doesn't produce God's righteousness. Right. That's right. Or and offense. So, or offense or bitterness or anger, like I said anger, but all those um, bad words that we don't like to use. You can say it again. Yeah. Anger. Lust. Maybe lust. Like, yeah. well, I won't do anything. You shouldn't do anything out of lust because that's definitely not yeah, going to produce right. God's righteousness. But like, that was it, bad time. Yeah, that was just, sorry. But um, but all those, I got carried away. Yeah, you're just going through all the list of sins. Murder. Don't commit murder because that doesn't bring about yeah, God's righteousness. You're not justified. But he specifically Best. talks about anger because I think that's the one that we we most are we're most likely going to act out of. Right. And we're going to think we're ourselves justified. Right. But uh, when we tell our kids this all the time, and we're still trying to get them to learn it, is be quick, be slow to anger. And what was the second part? It's quick, quick to hear. <laughs> quick to hear. That's what. It is. Slow to speak and slow to anger. That's what I was gonna say. I was gonna say be quick to. I had it backwards. I was gonna say be quick to anger, but I know I was like that's not what the. And word it's says. hard in situations when a you when you like know that you're right, and I think our kids struggle with this because they're you know you struggle, they struggle with impulse control and those things like that. Like, but in my heart, like I know I'm right. Like that's okay. You should should still be quick to listen. Slow to speak and slow to anger. Yep. And well, a like, soft answer turns, turns away, away wrath. wrath. We right. Know that one. And then uh, let your love be evident to all. Right. Including then, your children. Yeah. And uh, oh yeah, including your children, and your spouse. And your spouse. Um. But I was gonna, <laughs> gonna say something. I totally forgot. Uh, well, our camera died in between takes. So. No, I was gonna say something based on what you just said. Be slow to speak. Yeah. Slow to anger. Quick to listen. Quick to listen. I don't know, it's but gone. but the idea is like is is for oh the follow me as I follow Christ right yeah. so you have to you have to display that to the people around you that you want to know like to be close to Christ like if you want right. your kids to be close to Christ you have to make that evident in your life right so like that's the way you respond our goal isn't to be like the best parenting book our goal is to be like Jesus our goal is to be like Jesus to our kids and and I was just thinking about this too with our responses because. Sometimes you have to go back to God and say, God, I messed up on that one. I'm sorry. Right. But God, it, there's nothing wrong with confession. In fact, confession in the Bible is merit. Sure. Because God says that when we confess, uh, confess, he forgives. Right. And so, like, right. it's coming back to that position to say, God, I messed up on that one. But I know you're at work in my life because otherwise I wouldn't want to fix this. Well, and kids are really good at reading through BS, for lack of a better term. Right, so we can't, we can't. We don't use those words on the podcast. Wow. We can, I thought this was or a letters, Christian podcast. I should say. We can't, we can't fake our way through Christianity yeah. and have our children believe it. They see it. They see, they see the way that you respond. They see the way that you deal with them. They see, yeah. they, they see where your priorities are at, you know? And so, and that, and that's why, you know, so much hurt comes out of, the, the Christian parents and the kids who leave and the, the situations in there is because they see, they see it all. Right. But, uh, and I was t telling somebody this the other day, when you, 
when you have somebody who doesn't understand something, but they make the but they're making the effort to understand, right? I don't understand why this is a struggle for you, but I'm trying to understand that makes all the difference in the world. And I think that's the same with our children, right? They might we might not have it 100%. We're not 100% there, but they see the effort and they see the work and they see the strive to be there, you know, of allowing God to speak in our lives. And that yeah, makes a difference. And that's a big part too, is like 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 we said, follow me as I follow Christ. The destination, the, the focal point uh, that we're going after, the horizon that we're sailing towards is Jesus Christ. It's being like Christ. And then we can say to our kids, follow me as I follow Christ. Right? They can see that, it's at, that God is at work in our lives and God is at work in uh, and doing things in us and removing things. And we're just an all-around – first of all, if you want to be a better person and you're miserable, be more like Jesus. Right. Because you're going to have people who like you, like – like when you have 3,000 people, men, that follow you up on a mountainside, neglect food, and you're scared, and then that makes people scared of their, their well-being because they haven't eaten and they're right. going to be starving to death, then, uh, then you know that people like you if they're willing to follow you to that point. That's that true. Extreme. That is but, true. But if you're miserable in your life, in your marriage, or in your family, start setting your course on Jesus because the other aspect of yeah. it is that when Amen. you start doing those things and you start walking in it, that's faith again. You're a doer of the word. Right. You're not just a hearer. There's a lot of hearers of the word. James says, don't, don't be a hearer of the word only because you're, you're lying to yourself. It, says you, it actually uses the term, you have deceived yourself. Right. If you're not doing the word of God, if you're not actively living in faith and walking by faith and doing the things of Jesus and, being that, and doing, applying those things to your life, then you can't expect the fruit of righteousness to be there. Right. Because you have to walk it out. You have to be someone who hears it. And, and when I say that, because automatically our mind turns to the way we interact with people at work, the way we interact with people uh, at, at our jobs or at church or any of those things. But what, what you said is don't be a hypocrite to your kids. Right. That's right. Be a doer of the word to your kids. Yeah. That's like right. don't, don't separate it out so much that you're not, you're not doing it at home. There's too much of that. Too many people, too many Christians that will, that will be the good Christian at church and put on the kind of like the mask. And then during all throughout the week, they're just angry. They're frustrated. They're, they're depressed, they're, they're, they take their anger out on their kids, they neglect their kids, they, they drink, they smoke marijuana, who knows what they're doing, but they right. do all those things and they're not being imitators of Christ and therefore you're not going to expect to get the, the joy and the overflowing joy that comes from, uh, from that. Right, well just don't, it, it's the cultural Christian. Right. And a lot of people, they want to like, hold on, I'm a good person. I'm a Christian. It's the culture of Christian. I have community here, whatever. But do you know Jesus? That's what it comes down to. Has he changed your life to where you're no longer pleasing men, you're pleasing Jesus? Or the, or There's the, a difference. Yeah, because that's actually in the Romans verse that, that you Right, read. right, exactly. There's a difference. Do you know, is that spirit at work in your life? And that's what it comes down to because a lot of people, including us at one point, we call ourselves Christians. We do the thing. You might be in full-time ministry. You're in like whatever, but you're, but there's a lack. There's a lack and you're missing something. And that's it. And that's a spirit. And, and I think that's a big picture. And we, we talk about just even the church today, right? We're a cultural thing. We're a community thing. We, we might be changing laws or in lawmaking or whatever it is, but we're, but you miss the heart of it. Yeah. Before anything, you're a child of God. Right. And, uh, and it's understanding that and then living that out. And if we each individually begin to get it, and then we get it in our marriages. That's right. And then we get it in our children, and you get it in your neighborhood, in your communities. That's revival. Yeah. That's authenticity. It spreads. it spreads. Yeah. It spreads. And that's what we want. We don't want hype. 
No. We want genuine. We want, like, is your heart truly his? Has it changed? Is it being filled with the Spirit? Is it led by the Spirit? Yeah. We, in fact, when our when the camera went down, we were reading Facebook. Oh, yeah. You may sh- and, read it. Uh, yeah, we can read it. We won't say his name, but he knows who he is. And he'll, we, we so were we, reading Facebook, and we came across a student of ours who got saved two Aprils ago. Yeah. Um, and and he said what? Oh, because he gets it, there, and he's and he's a, and he's going to. I'm going to skip a little bit of a portion, but he's talking about long worship in church. Okay, do the beginning part, but you don't have to tell you who's saying it. He said, "I love family members dearly, but they don't get why the worship at our church is so long." So I'm going to attempt to explain it best as I can. When you love Jesus, and I mean really love him, things happen during worship. You stop caring about the words, the people around you, how loud it is. The only thing you care about in that moment is Jesus and Jesus alone. And when you get to that place, you want to stay there as long as you can. And also, if you think... Our church service is long. Just wait until you get to heaven. <laughs> but he gets it. He, knows, yeah. he, he says it's about Jesus, I, and Jesus has his heart, right? And therefore, he's experienced in the things of God. And that's that's the funny thing too. It's it's like a it's a mutual relationship. As, as you yeah, as you continue to walk and and follow Christ, He begins to bless your life, and then it becomes all I want to do is just tell you how good you are, right? How amazing you are in my life, Jesus. How I love you. How you're worthy of everything because you have blessed my right. life. Um, now, if you're miserable, you don't have the opportunity to do that. Right. You know, if you're just a miserable person and a miserable Christian, then you haven't experienced that God, that 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 love of Christ, that that joy that comes from His presence. You haven't experienced that, and maybe you maybe you need to. Right. Maybe maybe it, it, it like in His presence is fullness of joy, and at His right hand are pleasures for all eternity. Like that that David would say, "You're um, you prepare a, a banquet before me in the presence of my enemies. I'm blessed even when my enemies are around." If you haven't experienced that, right. and you're constantly under attack after attack after attack, then then something needs to shift right. in your thoughts and maybe even in your theology. Maybe you think God is because that's the other thing it says. It says don't say that God is tempting you with trials. Mm. Because that's that's a lie. That's a lie. That's a lie. Right. The, the trials that come in your life is not because God is tempting no, you with God them. God won't give you more than you can because handle. because He says this. He says, "Only good and perfect gifts come from the Father above, in whom uh, the Father of lights, in whom there is no shifting shadows." Yeah. Don't get it wrong. Right. If your life is under attack, run to God. Don't say, "God, thank you for abusing me." And making my life miserable, and I'm just going to glorify you in my suffering. No, run to God because He says, "I'm your deliverer. I'm your refuge. I'm right. your strong tower." But you got to know who God. You got to know that God. Right. That's and we talked about this on Psalm 91. I love Psalm 91 because David speaks of himself first, right? Yeah. He says, "I will say of the Lord, who is my refuge, who is my who is my God." He says, "He will help you. He will protect you. He will be your covering." Right. He says, because I've tasted and I've seen who God is, I can tell you this and I can believe it as, tr- as truth or you can believe it as truth because I've experienced it in my life. Mm-hmm. And then he says, you will know that the Lord is your refuge. You Amen. will know that the Lord is your protector. And then God responds to that. Right. He says, because you have set your heart upon me, right. he says, I will be your shield. Amen. I will be your salvation. When you go through troubled times, I will be near you. And it's understanding that God, to know that God. Not, not some God that got painted to you in a picture that you just need to pray to just so you can go to heaven, but the rest of your life is going to be miserable and terrible. That's, that, that's not... Yeah, he says that he's come to give us a life, an abundant life, and joy-filled life, yeah. right? 
Like those promises don't just go away. They're not just for somebody else, right? They're not just there for the sake of being there or whatever, right? That's what God wants for your life is a life full of joy, a life full of abundance, dare I say a life full of prosperity, a life of flowing in him where every unbeliever and believer alike can look and say like that person's full of the Holy Spirit and look at their life. Look at what God is doing in their life. I want that. I want that in my life, right? Yeah. That, that That's the purpose of it is to glorify God and live a life full of joy now. Now, it's not like someday, like it's not like joy is a far off promise that someday you'll receive joy. No, it's now. It's now. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking that. You know how many times David plead for God to deliver him? Yeah. And never once did he stop pleading from God to deliver him from any of his trials because he knew God was going to deliver him because he tasted and saw that right. God would be like, he understood that God is my deliverer. So right. I'm going to keep crying out to him. Right. That's right. And because he's done it in the past, he'll do it again. So like you figure that if, if it didn't work, we'd have a lot less Psalms. Right. <laughs> David would say, I cried out to the Lord. I waited patiently and it didn't work out for me. Hmm. No, it says he, re he heard and he responded. He lifted my feet up from the miry clay and he placed me on the rock and I will sing a new song to the Lord. But Psalm 37, it, 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 um, in this, I was, I was just thinking this as you were talking, Psalm 37, 25, right? It says, I have been young and now I am old, mm. yet I have not seen the righteous abandoned. And then this is really cool. Or his children begging for bread. David said, I've lived a long life. I've mm. been young and I've been old. And one thing I've never seen is the righteous abandoned by God. Amen. <laughs> Let that sink in. Hmm. That God doesn't abandon us. He says, okay. I've never seen it. One thing in all my life. I've seen a lot of things. To suffer. He, he said that. He said, I've seen a lot of things in my life. I've seen giants. Mm. And I've seen all these other things in my life. But the Spears. one thing I have never seen is the righteous abandoned. Right. Nor... Amen. Their children begging for bread. That's right. Hmm. That's that's powerful. That's powerful. God doesn't forsake us. God doesn't leave us. But and he what, leaves but, us satisfied. But what is the requirement to, to see God not abandon you or you not walk away from God, in other words? Mm -hmm. What is it? To be righteous. That's right. To be in pursuit of the things of God. It's being to, filled it's, with the Spirit being, and continuing yeah. to be filled with the Spirit and continuing to walk in the Spirit. Yeah, you got to... Like that verse that you read at the beginning, is that have the Spirit transform your heart, your life. So where does revival start? It starts in the transformation of your heart. Your heart. And then there's an overflow. And then it flows to whatever it is in your life, your marriage. Your in, it goes to your home next. Because it, it's streams of living water. And then it goes to water. your church and to your community. That brings us back to the first. I will give you streams right. of living water that bubble up from the inside. Right? right. Amen. And that's what it happens. And then you become an evangelist to those who are closest to you. Yes. You begin to tell of what God has done. You tell your kids, look what the Lord has done. And the done. thing is, too, is that like when God's spirit is poured out and when you get it and when you're filled, right, you, you can't help but want to share it. Yeah. Right? And it, and, it, and it changes things and it changes your outlook and it changes um, your priorities. Yeah. It changes the priorities in your life where you start realizing, well, Jesus is everything. So nothing else matters but Jesus right and 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 your children knowing Jesus right and it changes your priorities it changes the priorities of your life a majority of the time it makes it brings you to that next step of recognizing where God is calling you and what he's calling you to right but it's got to start in the beginning it's got to yeah. start with the spirit it starts with you right it starts with Amen. you surrendering to God's spirit right to God to the will of God say God here's my life I'm done having my own 
I'm done being ruled by my emotional right. state. I'm done being ruled by all my thoughts and opinions. I'm done being ruled by what I'm told. I just want to know you. Right. I want to know you. That's why, like, when we, we've been reading First Samuel with our kids in, in Devos, and, and that's the one thing that God said. This is a man after my own heart. Mm-hmm. That's why I don't pick any of his brothers. This one right here knows right. me, and he loves me, and I love him. Right. And that's why I can trust him with a kingdom. Mm-hmm. And so, so allowing that to be the motivation, right? We, we said this at the beginning. To love the Lord your God, or I said it at one point, to love the Lord your God with all your heart. It's not to sing the right worship songs. It's not to be in a, a liturgical kind of service versus a certain kind of service or even be in a Pentecostal service. Because even if you, you can go to all the different religious experiences that you want, and you'll still miss it. Right. Because God is interested, as you said in Romans chapter 2, that it's his heart, the heart that, break, that he changes. Right. It's the heart that, that that's where revival starts because God gets your heart. And once he has your heart, you're motivated by love for him mm-hmm. and for his name. In Hebrews, it says that. It says, keep serving the saints for the love of my name. Right. For the love of my name. Because you love me, you're going to do the things that I, that I want you to do. You're going to do my will. And that's going to be in every area. Right? Mm-hmm. It's going to be like, like we were saying with, with our family, with yes. our kids. Your work, your children. Yeah. It, it doesn't, it's not limited. Right. And and so it, and doesn't just stay in a box to the yeah. side. Yeah, it, you know, it, it's it's something you do, and right. it's allowing God's spirit to do that uh, in you and through you. Right. Um, Amen. And that's that's like you said. That's that's where revival starts. Yeah. That's that's the first place, and that's what God promises. The Old Testament, God says, "I will put my spirit inside of you." There's the Holy Spirit, and He says, "And I will give you a new heart." Amen. Ezekiel chapter 36. Not a heart of stone. I will remove the heart of stone, yeah. Yeah. And give you a heart that's softened to my ways. Right. Amen. So that's, I don't know, anything else you want to add to that? I mean. I don't know if we've reached our our limit. I think we have. But but that's kind of what we were, yeah. That's our heart. Yeah, our heart right. is for your heart, and that's our heart for the ministry. Yeah, our yeah. heart is for your heart and for your family's heart. That, right. that you would understand that God loves you, and when you walk in righteousness and you walk in His ways, just as David said, I've never seen Him abandon them. Yeah, there's not been a righteous person I know who, at the end of their life, said it wasn't as good as I thought it was going to be. Right. That God has never forsaken the righteous, and He's not going to start with me. He's not going to start with you. And if you have a testimony from something that God is doing in your life, particularly kind of bounced off from this ministry, but if not, that's okay. We, we want to hear that testimony, yeah, right? Because we believe that we are supposed to share testimony and, and this whole podcast is essentially our living testimony as we're walking it out, right? And we want to share those testimonies with others. We want to encourage faith and strengthen our faith. And so if God is doing something in your life or in your family's life, please send that to us. Please, you can send us a direct message. You can, however, however it is you want to contact us, you can send us an email, visit the website, fill out the form, whatever it is, and share it. And we can share as little or as much Or if you, as want, you want to post it in the group. Yes, right, and that the fellowship group is such an amazing way to connect with other people and share those things, share those testimonies. And we just... 
that encourages us. Yeah. We, we love seeing those testimonies. It, it, it is an encouragement to us and to our ministry. And so if you have that, and um, along that lines, if you need prayer, if you need something prayed over in your life, like let us join our faith with yours. Let us pray with you. And whatever it is that you're believing that God is going to do, let us join you yeah, in that. Yeah, let's join and our Because we you. want to. And, um, you know, we see a lot in social media, people like praying, praying, you know, thoughts and prayers. But we actually really believe in prayer and we actually really do pray. And we pray over you. We pray over every person in this uh, who's a part of this ministry or hears these words that we speak um, because we believe that God has something incredible for you. And uh, we, we're honored that we are maybe just a little part of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great. And I'm, I'm, I'm excited because as we do this and as it grows and as it expands and God starts lighting up parents and children, yeah. is what right. that's going to do to communities. Amen. What's that going to do to school boards? Yeah. Right for so long we've let that we've let like this crazy agenda kind of run everything. But what what happens when the people of God get lit up? That's right. And they start saying, "Nope, not today, Satan." Right. Because greater is He who's in me, and I was sent to tear down strongholds. Because that's right. what it says in Corinthians. I have weapons of warfare that you can't even touch. That's right. And then we start doing those things in our churches and in our families and in our communities. And what does that look like in this nation? That's that that's fire spreading all yeah, over the that's place. Right. And that's 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 what I get excited about. So, thank you for being on, on this journey with us. Part of our like, family. Follow, subscribe, share. Mm. Give. <laughs> no, I, just... I think that's it. That's it. Okay, we love right, you guys. We love you guys. Anything else? That's it. That's it? You want to do the send off this time? No. Okay, I will. That's, that's you. So weird still.